NXT TakeOver, the end of the beginning. Let's do it! Hello, sexy. It's um, Thursday, the 9th of June, um, which means that yesterday it was Wednesday, the 8th of June, which was the date of uh, NXT TakeOver, the end. The end of the beginning, and the beginning of the end is the end of the beginning of the end. And the end just begins, but the beginning of it is ended by the beginning of the end of the end. Do you see what I mean? I didn't either. Um, but it was called the end, um, and it was. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to watch it because I. I've. I've only watched one NXT show before. I've watched a, a couple of little clips and snippets from um, the weekly show, uh, but I've only watched one uh, takeover, which was Takeover Dallas. Um, but that was outrageously good um better than wrestlemania in, in a lot of senses um and so i really yeah i was pretty excited for this um and so i watched it and it was two hours and it was lean and it was great um and i i say there's a lot to get through but it's i don't know because it is only two hours i i, I, I like it i like that it's just two hours there's no filler there's no wasting time there's no wanky stuff in between matches um i th- i mean it's such an awful thing cuz when i was living back in the uk and i didn't have sky didn't have access to wrestling would have you know stepped over my mother's grave to to uh, get a bit of action um but now i'm over here and i get, you know this potentially 6 hours of wrestling programming every week just from the wwe and then there's pay-per-views on top of that and i'm complaining that it's too fucking much what an awful piece of shit i am in any event, let's crack on with it. Let's um, let's find out what happened on NXT, what I liked, what I didn't like, uh, and all of that kind of jazz. Let's dive in. <laughs> Opening match was a singles match between uh, Ty Dillinger and um, some Mexican guy. I, I, I should know what it is. Part of his name was Cien, because they were saying that that was 100, and part of Ty Dillinger's shtick is that he's says 10 a lot I think he refers to himself as the perfect 10 so they're saying oh well you know 100's 10 times better than 10 um, so this is an interesting one because this is two people that I haven't seen wrestle before I don't really know that much about um, and I have to say I was probably more impressed with Ty Dillinger than I was with uh, Cien Almas um, coming down the ring he's obviously <laughs> ridiculous like Queen of Hearts style, massive, um, what is it, like collar on his jacket, like genuinely absurd, taller than his head, um, with a big 10 on the back of it. Um, he uh, And um, immediately, it's, it's an interesting thing watching somebody that you've never watched before, because it really, it's like they, they say on kind of WWE Breaking Ground and um, that even if somebody's never seen you before, they should... It shouldn't take them too long to get what who you are and what your character is. And I feel like Ty Dillinger did that really, really well. Um, obviously very into himself, very cocky, um, and kind of a bit crazy with it, a bit nuts with it, um, which I liked. There's a little kind of a little twist on it just from the kind of cocky, hey, aren't I amazing kind of guy. A little bit kind of manic with it, which is nice. Um, and then Cien Almas comes out um, with white trousers white uh, braces or suspenders if you're American and uh, a pimp hat with a big feather in it which I thought was an odd choice 
Um, and it, yeah, didn't really, like. Is he a pit? I, I don't. You know, we're not in the attitude era anymore, so I imagine he's not an actual supposed to be an actual pimp. Um, but yeah, he was he was pretty smiley and well groomed. So I don't know whether he's. I mean, I don't really know what what his character is. Some kind of party boy. Who knows? Um, it was a lovely, smooth opening, though. Um, uh, a lovely uh, Hurricane Rana uh, from CN. He did a lovely uh, fake kind of um, fake out of some kind of tope thing over the ropes where he ended up lying in the ropes like he was reclining, like he was relaxing, which is a great spot. Looked amazing. Because at first, every, I think everybody thought that it was a little bit, maybe a little bit of a botch. But then you see him relaxing and then everyone kind of uh, got well on board with it, which was lovely. Um, and then they, he, he did a, a lovely corner flip thing that, who did that? Somebody else did that before. I think it might have been Nigel McGuinness that I've seen do that. Um, a kind of headstand in the corner. Um, and he did it once and it worked. And then he did it again. And Ty Dillinger had scouted it and gave him a super kick in the face, which looked fucking phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, it really it, it just again setting up the setting it up, and then paying it off at the end. Um, just nice, nice kind of storytelling. It wasn't um, the most incredible match. It was very short. I think. I mean, I don't know exactly how long it was, but I can't imagine it was it was any longer than kind of seven or eight minutes. Um, which I don't know whether that's kind of to to save either of them or to to kind of protect them at all. Um, but yeah, it was very fast paced though. I will say that very fast paced, pretty crisp, not a lot of, um, awkwardness or, um, you know, mucking around in there at all. Um, it was, and, and kind of kept the, the audience on board. They seemed more into Ty Dillinger, um, than Almas, um, which I thought was interesting because the character wise, it seemed like, and especially because this guy's coming in new, we don't know anything about him. You'd assume people are going to be a bit forgiving of him and assume people are going to, come in as a face until they give you any reason to, to believe otherwise. Um, whereas Dillinger with this cocky thing easily could have been the bad guy, but um, no, he seemed to be the good guy, but he did lose, um, which makes sense because the other guys, it's, it's his first match. But um, yeah, I, I think he, both of them um, made good showings of themselves. Um, and it was, yeah. I mean, the thing with an NXT show that I've learned in very, very quick order is that the fans are fucking rabid. It's, it reminds me of watching an ECW show from kind of the late 90s um, in that they're just rabid, rabid fans, um, super keen to get involved with absolutely everything, which can be good or, good or bad. I mean, I think they're slightly kinder um, than ECW crowds because ECW crowds, if there was any issue or any mild botch or anything going not 100% perfectly correct they would love to dive in with a you fucked up charm which I always thought was like just he knows he fucked up you know he fucked up let's just let's just try and get on and, and enjoy the rest of the match um, so I think these guys are, NXT is slightly kinder but still it's it's very much yeah it really does dictate the, the match and how the match goes the positives of it are that um, if you like it, it will take any match up a notch. So a good match becomes a great match. A great match becomes an amazing match. Um, but in this, as in this instance, if the the crowd go against what your initial booking of the match was in terms of who's heel and who's face, um, you've just kind of got to deal with it because they will they will take it over. It's too loud and too um, all encompassing to to ignore. Um, 
that they were well into this, which they should have been. It kept the energy up. I always think for an opener, um, for an opening match of any kind of card, especially a, a pay-per-view, um, you want to get off with a nice, quick, fast-paced match um, just to kind of kick off with a killer. It's as uh, as John Cusack says in High Fidelity when he's talking about making mixtapes. Nothing it bears repeating. You've got to kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you've got to take it up a notch. But you don't want to call you wad, so then you've got to cool it down a notch. There are a lot of rules. I kind of feel like it's similar for um, uh, wrestling cards. Um, but yeah, overall, this was a great match. Um, yeah, quick, fast-paced, got everybody involved. Both guys look good. Thumbs up, man. As John Cusack says, then you've got to take it up a notch. And did they ever. So this is the tag team title match and between American Alpha and The Revival. So this is a rematch from NXT TakeOver Dallas, um, which I saw and I fucking loved. That was the opener there. And again, it was very fast-paced, very uh, enjoyable match. And so now they've got their rematch um, today. American Alpha, they had a promo video before, which was okay, but it kind of felt like there wasn't really much of a story anyway. Um, It was just The Revival saying, you know, we lost that time and we're going to win our belts back this time. Which is, you know, it's difficult for any editor to really conjure up, um, you know, my left foot out of that. Um, the the revival, I mean, yeah, I really, really liked the match at NXT TakeOver Dallas. So I did come up into this with, with fairly high expectations. Um, I didn't remember the revival's theme tune um, from Dallas being as rubbish as it was here. It just seems not in keeping with their... Um, with their kind of characters. It should be, I don't know, I feel like it should be a slower, more kind of, um, I, I don't really know, but just not what it was. It, I, it felt like it, it, it clashed with their characters quite a lot. But their characters are great, and they come through very well. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I just think it's a great, especially with these two teams, it's a great um, dynamic to work with, of the kind of the strong, kind of uh, experienced bad guy heels who are kind of exploiting every little kind of weakness and loophole that they can in the rules versus the kind of super energetic, high power, high octane uh, faces. I think it it works very, very well. Um, Started off incredibly fast. And what I liked about it is that obviously with this being a a rematch, it would have been very easy for them to just play a similar kind of role as they did at Dallas, but they changed it. Because American Alpha are on top now, um, they were being able to outsmart the revival quite a lot. They were in control for for quite a lot of the um, uh, opening, at least. Um, and kind of every time the revival looked like they were kind of going to get some headway, American Alpha kind of cut them off. There was some one some great, great, great synchronized um, spots in here, um, which kind of goes goes into a, a kind of I don't know, like. Um, not quite as bad, but the Will Ospreay ricochet match that everybody's talking about from um, from New Japan. Uh, it kind of goes into that where it's it's you know it very highly choreographed, therefore a lot less kind of you know quote unquote realistic. But like there was uh, one with um, opposite Irish whips into each other, some shenanigans there. The revival went for back suplexes that were kind of flipped out of, and then both the guys of American Alpha got ankle locks in on the revival and it's it's really it's kind of I don't want to diminish it at all by saying that it's simple stuff but it's not it's just working something out it's putting the effort in to work out some kind of routine 
Um, and if you're doing it well and the crowd are into it, which obviously they were because it's NXT, it, it's, it's infectious. You cannot help but smile um, when the good guys are getting, the, getting one over on the bad guys. It's such kind of old-fashioned um, wrestling psychology, but I love it. Absolutely loved it. Um, the, and the, just the great stuff that the Revival do, the, the, um, oh, I'm going to tag in on uh, the other guy's foot but the referee's like, well, that's not a legal tag. So the ref goes over to, to stop um, Scott Dawson coming in the ring. Then Dash Wilder goes for an eye rake while the referee's distracted. It's really simple stuff, but it happens so infrequently these days that it becomes, you know, you can build a whole tag team, as the Revival have done, around just doing that kind of old school psychology stuff. Um, and I just think it's great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and the Revival, again, just little simple things that really help you to connect with a match and really just dive into it. Of When they're going for, I don't know, an, an arm bar or something, or some kind of wrist lock, that's obviously a rest hold, obviously to give, give people a bit of an opportunity to get their puff back, rather than just sitting there and like grimacing maybe, they're really wrenching it. They're looking like they're really trying to cause some damage. And it's just such a small difference, but it really... It really helps with the overall feel of the match. Really helps you to, or me at least, really helps me to, yeah, kind of get more involved with the match. It's a lot easier to suspend your disbelief when people are doing these little extra bits and pieces. Um, Jordan got an amazing, uh, uh, what's his name? Justin Jordan? Jordan, Just Justin, whatever his name is. The guy with the trainers um, got a, a very hot tag and uh, just went a bit nuts with suplexes. I'm a big suplex guy. Um, it's... I used to love Taz back in the day, just whipping out 15 different suplexes in every match. I just think it's, there's something very kind of primal and fun about just watching one person throw another person around. Um, there was a, a, a kind of a doomsday device. The Revival tries to do a doomsday device um, that then uh, Chad Gable reversed into a power slam, which... It was weird because when it happened, it kind of looked like a bit of a botch. It looked like a bit of a, oh, that didn't really work out and it all just crumpled to the mat. And every, and the, the audience didn't really know what to do with it. But then when you saw the replay, it was like, it was amazing. It was it was just too quick. <laughs> it was too good and too quick um, to register for uh, for a wrestling crowd. But um, yeah, that was a lovely little spot. Um, and then, yeah, a, a, an incredible finish because obviously... Obviously, the good guys win the tag titles. They have a rematch with the bad guys where the bad guys are like, we're going to get our titles back. But the good guys are obviously, obviously going to win. And this is kind of building them in to show that the first time wasn't a fluke, that they can, you know, that they're a proper legit tag team and they can go on and have a big kind of career or whatever. Um, but then the bad guys won. <laughs> like, and every, you could tell that nobody was expecting it whatsoever. Everybody was super shocked, which was great. Because, you, you know, the sad thing is with wrestling, once, you know, when you're a kid and you're watching it with kind of eyes open and, you know, you're, you're just on board with it whatsoever, you're in fully in kayfabe you have that wonder of like, who's going to win, who's going to lose. I really hope the good guy wins. I really hope the bad guy loses. But then as you get older and you get a bit more savvy to it, it opens up kind of different parts that make it more interesting as well in terms of, you know, why are they booking this? What's, how's that going to work? What's this kind of decision in the back going to do? Um, but you do lose 
a lot of the time the the real mystique of like who's going to win because a lot of the time unfortunately I don't know whether it's just because of the WWE and the way they book things but it's fairly um, predictable I suppose but th- and so when you have something like this you're like I wasn't expecting that at all fucking uh, Zack Ryder at Wrestlemania when he pulls the thing down you're like fucking hell what's going on amazing um, so yeah absolutely ha- uh, hats off to this one uh, I thought it was really, really good. The, the reversal, the, they both tried to get their finishes in and they both ended up reversing it, which was great because, it again, it shows um, a, a continuation in their storyline. They're a bit more comfortable with each other. Um, they, they've scouted each other and they know what each other's going to do. Just little things like that make, make me very, very happy. Um, and so, yeah, the bad guys win. First ever two-time NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, and then there was a post-match beatdown of the good guys by some new team, two Big lads um, wearing black uh, came out. Uh, and then Paul Ellering uh, came out to the top of the ramp to kind of oversee it. Obviously going to be their new uh, manager of some new giant heel tag team, um, which is very interesting. Um, and the, the name rung a bell. Um, and so I immediately Googled it. I was like, was he the guy who did the ventriloquist dummy thing with the Road Warriors? And it was, yes. So he, <laughs> so I don't know whether he's going to bring in Rocco the dummy um, to this uh, stint in uh, wrestling. But if he is, fair play to him. Fair, if, if, if there's anywhere that that's going to get over, it's going to be NXT. Um, so yeah, this match was amazing. Um, just as good uh, as TakeOver Dallas, where it was absolutely one of the best matches of the card. Super, super enjoyable. And um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted more. Superb work. So, um, something in uh, NXT that they seem uh, very keen on doing at the moment uh, is dream matches. Uh, the phrase dream match uh, gets banded about quite a lot, where it's like, oh, these two guys, you never thought they'd meet, and then now they're having a match. It's going to be amazing. Um, and a lot of it is centered around uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the king of strong style. Um, I'd heard about him um, from Japan when he came in, but never seen any of, uh, well, not a lot of his work. Um, known as the king of strong style um, because he just kicks the shit out of people. Super, super stiff, um, which I don't really like. I don't understand this thing. It's, it's almost like watching deathmatch wrestling. Or garbage wrestling, uh, where it's like, well, the more I enjoy it, well, the, the more these people hurt themselves, the more I enjoy it. And a lot of people will say, oh, no, you know, that's not that's not wrestling at all. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura, he's wrestling. He's a proper wrestler. But then it does seem to be that people do get an extra level of enjoyment out of how much they're actually leathering each other um, in the ring, how much their forearms are connecting, how much, do you know what I mean? Those little bits and pieces, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, and as that was what he seemed to be most famous for when he first came in, I was a little bit, I don't know whether it's the Englishman in me of like, well, you're telling me he's amazing and he's really, really good. Well, fucking prove it then, son. I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe that he's, he's probably shit. He's probably shit. Um, but yeah, then I watched NXT TakeOver Dallas and he had a match with Sami Zayn that was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was, uh, super emotional, super, uh, energetic, um, the crowd were as into it as any match I've ever seen <laughs> ever in wrestling. Um, and so this is the kind of the follow-up um, with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Austin Aries, another person who's who's lauded as, oh, you should watch his match and blah, 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 and I haven't. Um, so, yeah, it, 
a, a bit of an unknown quantity for me. Obviously, he had a match with Baron Corbin uh, at TakeOver Dallas um, that he won, but that wasn't an amazing match. Uh, but a lot of people did say, well, you know, that's, you know, wait till he can do, you know, he's allowed to do everything that he can do. Whew, it's going to blow your bollocks off. Um, again, there was a promo vid for it, but it, it was, there was absolutely no story here. It was just, you know, I'm, I'm really good. I was, I mean, there was a little bit of, because they both debuted on the same night, but Austin Aries was kind of massively overshadowed by Nakamura, but they didn't push that as far as they could have done, I guess trying to keep Austin Aries a face, uh, as well as Nakamura. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't really a huge story in the build-up, but I don't think these ones ever ever really need it. Um, Aries came out with uh, taped ribs that, were, that um, I thought the commentators did an amazing job with. Um, saying that A, it wasn't on the, the injuries list or the injury report, which is great, the idea that there's an injury report. I didn't even, didn't even consider that. Um, and then saying, you know, it might not be the ribs. He might have an injured ankle and he's taping up his ribs so Nakamura goes after the ribs and leaves the ankle alone. I was like, oh, fucking hell. It's amazing. Could, this guy could be a genius. Um, Nakamura comes out. He's, his music is probably my favourite theme um, in wrestling at the moment absolutely fantastic has that great kind of opener which every great wrestling theme needs to have a great kind of within the first 0.4 of a second you need to know exactly whose it is uh, so you can get excited and it's got that and then it's got the string thing in it and obviously his entrance adds to it because he's super weird like it's it's something that I criticise people for that I criticised um, if you listen to um the grapple pie for Raw on Monday night where I criticised Roman Reigns and I said what is your character who are you as a character what's going on but then I could ask the same thing about Nakamura like what is his character is he a rock star is he uh, is he gay is he like he's got a gum shield in so is he like a kind of kickboxery like I got no idea what his character is supposed to be but it is it's very watchable. He's very, very charismatic, which is great. Um, the booking at the beginning was very kind of even. It was uh, fairly slow, but but pretty even. Um, but the crowd uh, were having none of that evenness. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen yeah, a crowd who is so rabidly behind one wrestler. Um, he could do absolutely no wrong. And I, I'm sure even if he fucked up, it, nobody would notice it. Everybody would have been looking away like a referee to a low blow, just coincidentally looking away at that moment. Um, he, yeah, the crowd are absolutely insane for him to the point where Aries was, was kind of heel. And I don't know whether that was a deliberate thing that they did, but he started playing up to it a little bit, which I thought was amazing. Um, the idea of kind of changing the game plan partway through the match just based on the crowd reaction is... I mean that's that's what wrestling should be. That's that's absolutely perfect. Um, and he didn't go full heel, but he was he was a, he was reacting to it a little bit, which was nice. Just added in that little extra kind of um, sprinkling of something fun. Um, I, I thought it was yeah clever booking. Aries going after uh, Nakamura's knee. Uh, he was working that over for for the majority of the match because um, obviously a lot of Nakamura's big strikes are with his knee, so that would help him out there. The it annoyed me that Nakamura didn't sell the knee, though. 
Um, I just, again, it's really simple wrestling psychology, but if somebody's working over your knee and then you do a big move with your knee, like, I'm not saying don't necessarily do the move, but if you do it, sell the knee afterwards. Sell the, oh, that took a lot out of his knee because of all the blah, 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 blah. It just, it just commits to the storyline, um, which I think is necessary. Um, but his, yeah, Shinsuke's knees, man, are fucking brutal. And I... He he did some where it was where they were kind of both on the ground where he was locked in around um, Austin Aries kind of head and shoulders uh, and just driving them in and I they looked safe but they also looked super vicious um, so I think they were really good and not super stiff in the way that is often his style um, Aries jumping through the bottom ropes was ridiculous and I thought that's a, that's such a good. Um, tactic because it's like no matter how much people boo a move that's that cool and delivered that well will always get cheers um which i thought was very clever of them uh yeah crazy knees by nakamura uh there was a, a nice kind of quite a messy reversal of a a, a, a suplex uh which i always always like when it's not super crisp because then that that just adds that extra little level of realism um in there um all right there's a reversal of uh, a Kinshasa knee um, into a suplex, yeah, which I, I really, really liked. Um, a Death Valley driver on the apron, which must have killed. That looked crazy good, um, and everybody started chanting "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yeah, that's that. That is a holy shit." And then, fuck, Austin Aries takes the risk and tries his kind of jumping, not over the top ropes, not between the top and the middle ropes, but between the middle and the bottom ropes, which means he's just like a fucking bullet. Um, tried it again, Nakamura moves, and he just nutted the guardrail. Looked hideous. Um, really, really painful. Hopefully he's fine, and he's just selling it particularly well and made it look really good. Um, but yeah, that looked brutal. Um, and then Nakamura with a lovely uh, three-move finish. So a kind of jumping knee off the middle turnbuckle, uh, a kind of reverse exploder suplex, and then the Kinshasa kind of running knee. Uh, and he got the victory, which I, I yeah I thought was it was it was booked very very well um, because even in defeat Aries looked like a boss. He lost because he, you know, he took a chance and it didn't pay off. Um, and then having a yeah a kind of a three move finish allows him to allows Nakamura to get a, a comprehensive victory, but that doesn't really the fact that it takes three moves to get Aries down. I think works in his favor as well. So it. it both guys came out of it looking good, which is ultimately all you want um, from the booking of a match. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. The crowd, again, elevated this one, um, made it seem like such a big fight. Um, and uh, yeah, both wrestlers kind of uh, rose to the occasion. Aries impressed me. Nakamura impressed me again. Um, yeah, some really nice um, jumping elbows from Aries as well. Uh, I always think that's a difficult move to, to make look particularly good. There's a lot of people who just look shit doing it, but he uh, looked really, really good. Um, yeah, overall, a, a, a phenomenal match. Really, really good. Uh, and again, um, continuing the trend for no bad matches on a card. Is this under the WWE banner, I hear you cry? Yes, it is. Could the next one let the side down? Who knows? <laughs> I knows because I watched it. Um, this had a good promo vid um, to it. Nia Jax versus Asuka. 
Um, yeah, built up Jax as being a, a badass. Um, every every instance that Asuka is alive and performing makes her look like a badass because she's got that. I don't think this is racist, but I think it's there's an outside chance that it could be that crazy psycho Japanese look. <laughs> oh dear. But she does. She's got it, man. She's got those crazy eyes, that little kind of half smile. Um, she looks like she should be bathed in blood uh, a lot of the time um, and carrying a big sword. I absolutely buy that. Um, I did think Jax was a little bit kind of attitude in some of her promos for it. A little bit like, like she was in TLC or something. Um, yeah, just a little bit like, I'm going to beat your ass down. Yeah, yeah. Which is not really, like she's a monster heel. She should be a bit more kind of, bit more stoic I think for me um but she did have a great entrance on this uh, a couple of really nice close-ups of her eyes uh, which are lovely eyes um and pretty kind of menacing uh, which I thought was very very good uh, Asuka has great music she has a great entrance with the fucking freaky face mask thing that she takes off how is that attached to her face how is it attached to her face I don't understand how it is attached to her face um Asuka was so quick, so quick in this match. Um, and it, yeah, just really, it's the perfect kind of big heel versus little face thing where the heel was just dominating with all of her power. Nia Jax was great, looked really, really great, crazy power. The kind of ragdoll, she did a kind of ragdoll throw of Asuka at one point that just looked exactly like a ragdoll throw. It was amazing. Um but then Asuka kind of darting around and getting a, a whole series of uh, submissions on her, um, which was very, very nice. Uh, she did a great kind of guillotine um, trying to take her out, which then Jax reversed into a vertical suplex without Asuka touching the floor, which is great kind of Cesaro-ish strength, um, which looked amazing. Um, and then, yeah, kind of uh, bent her over her knee and was like trying to put, break her back and then twisted her around the um, ring posts on the outside. So some really nice kind of vicious heel stuff. She kind of dominated the whole match. Um, and then the the finish, I don't know, I have a bit of a, a love-hate thing with the finish. It was, Asuka just kicked her in the face three or four times um, and then got the pin, which whilst I understand in a kind of legitimate fighting contest would work very, very well, it's not a legitimate fighting contest. It's wrestling, and I think it should. There should have been at least there should have been a move done um, on Jax to because Nakamura he won with a strike as well. But there's there was stuff building up to it, and it's a very kind of um, theatrical strike, like switching music. I've got no problem with switching music because he has to do he has to tune it up first, which is great. Um, but when it's just a strike out of nowhere, it kind of. Yeah, makes it seem a little UFC, which is not what I watch wrestling for. Um, it's what I don't watch UFC for. Um, however, that being said, she gave her like three kicks in the head, and then Nia Jack, and they they got the close up perfectly. She just looked at her and fucking screamed, just ah, and I'm like, fucking hell that. Instantly, that whether she wins or loses, she comes out of the match looking like a badass. I don't care. Um, there's been some reports saying that she's 
looking a little weak now Nia Jax because Bailey beat her clean um, and now Asuka has beaten her clean as well but I no that scream says to me she's fucking she's coming for her and she's gonna just kill some people um, yeah so I, I really like this match really thought it was it was uh, very very nice I think the right person won I think they just got away with um, yeah keeping Nia as a badass um, in terms of the booking um, so again, yeah, a great match. Um, very, very enjoyable. Uh, and it's a couple of women. Who would have thought a couple of women can wrestle? That's old-fashioned thinking, Dan. These aren't divas. These are women. It's time for your main event. Um, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe. They fought each other about 15 times before. This is turning into the Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler of... Um, of NXT, um, which is not the most, uh, not the kindest comparison um, that I could have made. But um, whilst the matches have been of a higher quality, I believe, or at least they're, they're one at um, NXT TakeOver Dallas, uh, it was very, very good. This, uh, yeah, I kind of am ready for this to be the last one now. Um, but it's still, it was still a good match, still a very, very good match. Um, Bala obviously has a crazy entrance which was that they kind of adapt for each um, each event, each takeover event, which I really, really like. I think that's a, a lovely touch. So this one having the cage up that he pushes down, I thought that's lovely. Um, the camera work was great, some lovely moments, um, lovely kind of camera shots of him kind of coming up from the ring and then one through the kind of corner bits of the cage to see him perched on the opposite turnbuckle was great. Um, and then Samoa Joe just comes out no pyro, no lights or whatever, just fuck it, which is great, really shows their characters very, very well. Uh, and then when they get into the ring, when they get into the ring, um, to have the two spotlights there was amazing. They did that for the, the women's match as well, um, which was, yeah, looked epic. Um, the, the lighting work, the production value on this, even though it's a much smaller venue, just looked so much better. Um, than a lot of WWE stuff. Really, really nice, uh, nice work. Um, it was, yeah, and just, it really just shows, reminds you that you're watching an NXT event when the main event is between a guy who, by conventional logic, is fat, and by another guy who, by WWE logic, is tiny. If he's under 200 pounds, he can't be in the main event. But this is a main event cage match. Uh, between those two guys, and uh, yeah, it worked very, very well. It it did seem a little bit like we've we'd seen it before. Um, Balor dominated early. There was a lovely kind of double fall spot from the top, which looked pretty nasty. Um, just a, a a kick to Samojo's chin that was wince inducing. Um, when Balor was stood on the top rope, that was oh really sent a shiver down my spine. It looked so. Hopefully it was just again great selling and great kind of performance, but it yeah it looked hideous. Um, and uh, yeah, that th th then Samojo fell onto the top ropes, which kind of crotched um, Balor on the top rope, which is lovely, a lovely little sequence. Um, yeah, uh, Balor kicked out of the Muscle Buster, which was sold really nicely by Joe. Like fucking hell, how's he kicking out of that? Even though it's you know has the as a move, it has the impact logically of you know a vertical suplex, 
just withholding the legs. But it's, you know, it's wrestling. Um, yeah, but he sold that very well. Like, I can't believe that. Um, and then he kicked out of the coup de gras, which makes sense. That's, you know, kind of fair enough. And the fans immediately were telling um, Finn Balor to go up to the top, <coughs> which I always think is a bit of a dick move. Like, again, that this is where the... the the slight negative of the NXT crowd comes in of like, yes, it's good to want to be involved. And yes, you might want him to go up to the top of the cage, but um, it's kind of a dick move. A, it's super dangerous. So even if he wasn't planning it, he might then think, oh, maybe I should go to the top rope, which is bad. And B, if he does go, then it makes it seem like he's going because you've told him, even if he's planned to do it before. And it's like, just this, you know, to a degree, this is still a rhetorical work of art. Like you should... Just enjoy it. Just watch it. Keep your... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm being very hypocritical here, so I, I don't know if i am really got a point to make. But yeah, I did think that was a bit of a dick move. Uh, mm, I'll be a bit of chopped juice there. Um, yeah, I thought the, the finish was really, really good. Um, really, really nice. It had... I was really disappointed to see immediately. It's my least favourite thing in every cage match that there has ever been that there's a fucking door. Just, I know that we suspend disbelief when we watch professional wrestling. That's kind of what the entire industry is built around. But, why have a fucking door? Why have it so that after every single move, someone could win? I just think that's ridiculous. Like, I get that it kind of all keeps the tension high, but the point of a cage match shouldn't be, oh, I can just nip out here. The point of a cage match should be either neither of us leave and somebody gets a pinfall or a submission, and the fact that there's a cage means that nobody can escape, or you do escape, and you beat your opponent up by so much that you can climb all the way up and all the way down, out, and they're still left in the cage, defeated. That's what's good about a cage match. It's not like, oh, I'll try and get a move in and then try and nip out of the door. I hate it. Just chain it up. Chain it up. So you can escape over the top or pinfall or submission. Nothing else. Really annoying. Um, but what I did like about this was that um, uh, in spite of it being you know, at a PG show, normally a cage match would be a kind of double juicer, big, you know, crimson mask kind of affair. But this was brutal. This was a violent, brutal match, but and it didn't need blood. Um, it didn't need to have that extra level on it. Had they had it, you know, I, I wouldn't have said no, but um, it really got across that it was a very brutal match doing everything bar um, blading, which, I, yeah, I thought they did a really good job. And the post-match selling of it was great. It seemed like it was, you know, this is a big match. When when both men need help to, need helping out, I always love that. I think it's it's such a, a nice thing to say, like, this was a real war, and whoever's won it has only won it barely, uh, and it took a lot out of them as well. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't the strongest match on the card for me, um, possibly because we've seen it before, but... Um, yeah, you, you can't argue with it. They're both very good workers uh, and they built up to a really nice finish. So, um, yeah, thumbs up. Greetings, greetings, greetings of interest. Who won? Who jumped? Also the match of the night. So a slight uh, change of plan uh, on this because I don't really know NXT that well. I, three things of interest seems possibly a little bit pointless or unnecessary. I might just start talking about things that I don't, know anything about like like always I guess but um, I just thought I'd do three my three favourite things 
um, my three favourite things in uh, in the event. Uh, my gold, silver, bronze, if you will, um, of this event. My bronze medal um, would be the entrances uh, for Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. I thought they were really nice, really, like I say, set up the differences between the characters, um, really dramatic. The camera work, the lighting work was really, really good. All of the kind of extra bits that weren't necessarily Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, all the extra stuff around it really worked very, very nicely. Um, the finish of the Austin Aries um, Nakamura match, uh, having that ridiculous, like from the Death Valley driver to the missed suicide dive outside to then the three move finish um, just built and built and built and built and built um, both guys looked amazing and that was really great and the top one is fucking that's Nia Jack's scream man something about it really uh, I was sitting there um, watching uh, watching it on my laptop next to my uh, sleeping wife and I had a big smile on my face which I fucking yeah oh just amazing really really cool um, the winner of the night has to be Nakamura of course he is unto a god um, at Full Sail University uh, it seems he can do absolutely nothing wrong um, and he yeah he's I mean they everything that he did even Austin Aries who again is lauded as a, a very very good wrestler and put himself across very very well was kind of booed at one point um, he's starting to get booed just because he's not Nakamura um, yeah so he is I, I don't know who's going to beat him first or how they can book that because what whoever it is is going to get hated massively um, for beating Nakamura on that. Um, loser of the night, I think, would have to be um, uh, Paul Ellering because um, he came out and everybody started chanting, who are you? Um, which is a shame. I mean, he's not one of the more higher profile um, managers in WWE history. But um, yeah, I, again, that's a little bit harsh like if you don't know who he is fucking google him do you know what i mean like or just realize that you'll probably find out tonight when you go home um yeah again full sale university crowd great but also not great at times um so yeah in in a, a kind of a night of five good matches um, the loser had to be someone <laughs> involved in a run-in, um, which is a, a yeah a fantastic thing for NXT. Uh, and the match of the night for me is the tag title match. A lot of people will probably go for the Nakamura match, um, but I kind of feel like I don't know. There's just something about it that that wasn't quite as as balls to the wall enjoyable uh, as the tag team titles. Uh, I thought they did really well. It was a really surprising finish. Um, they built up to it really nicely. They were telling one story, then they turned it on its head. Um, some d- different stuff from the match before. Uh, yeah, absolutely no complaints with it whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that was NXT colon takeover colon the end colon of the beginning. Um, do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com forward slash the Daniel Swan, Twitter or Instagram at Palugin, P A L O O G I N, um, on the website danielswan.squarespace.com, or even send me an email, danielswan41 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you come back and listen to uh, another slice, uh, which will be after Monday's Raw, I guess. Um, but yeah, NXT is fucking good, isn't it? Really, really good. Um, but yeah. Thank you for uh, enjoying this slice. Hope you'll enjoy another slice um, sometime soon. My name's Daniel Swan. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.